0: bull riding gone bad letting it all hang out an overzealous security guard a punch in the mouth and bill france jr that wasn't a good combination this is a production of dirty mo media i am rick houston and this is another glorious white knuckled god-fearing spun out and half turned over racing story
1: that's a story right there, Yeah, that's Ooh, but it's a true it. story. Uh, that, that's
0: a bad story. This
1: is a good one. It ain't bad. The one I'm going <laughs> to
0: <laughs> There's nothing quite like a session of some good old-fashioned, hardcore bench racing. For race fans, they might compare notes on their favorite drivers, or better yet, maybe even bicker a little bit about which one is better, this one or that one. For those who have actually been involved in the sport, Shared experiences of life on the road lead to stories that tend to flow freely as one memory leads to the next. Let's set the stage here and introduce the characters in this particular bull session. Why are you always start with me? What's your house? Oh okay. That's my house, yeah. <laughs> Tony Liberati, and uh, oh well, they call me Rambo. And I'm pretty sure there's a
2: lot of people don't know my real name (laughs) Antonio (laughs) Rosario. (laughs) My name is Buddy Parrott, and uh, often imitated but never duplicated.
1: I'm Jerry Kennan. Chris Hussey. That's a fact. buddy,
0: Rambo, Jerry, and Chris all worked together at one time or another at Roush Racing, and in Jerry and Chris's case, all the way back in the early days of the Bush Series at Thomas Brothers Racing. When I asked the group about their most embarrassing moment in the sport, collectively, we all looked straight at Rambo, a true character if ever there was one in the sport. Chapter 1, Rambo the Bull Rider after breaking into NASCAR with Petty Enterprises, the former United States Marine also eventually worked for Bahari Racing, Roush Racing, and served as the Busch Series crew chief for a young up and coming driver by the name of Jimmy Johnson at Herzog Motorsports.
1: Boys don't have a damn thing to worry
2: about. I tell you what, this town is not safe for the ramp. 25 uh, year old Jimmy Johnson will take the first ever checkered flag at Chicago Land Speedway. Great job by Jimmy and Rambo and that team. They made the right call, Benny. You're right. It paid off.
0: Buddy, Jerry, and Chris all started talking, basically at once, about Rambo. The details weren't exactly forthcoming on that particular tale
1: let's just put it this way I got <laughs> thrown in jail yep
2: that was uh, in Daytona that I'm not gonna say what went through that because that was a bad deal
1: Every, I mean we had two teams down there and we had to get the money together
2: same thing he tried to do a good deed
1: Yep, and, and it just didn't work out
0: details man we need a story with some actual details the group did not disappoint as glamorous as life on the road in NASCAR might seem it can turn into a grind week after week test after test race after race. Those involved in the traveling road show that is NASCAR look for something to do away from the racetrack. Rambo, Jerry, and Chris once had a dangerous outing. They and a few others whose names would not be used in order to protect the innocent headed to a place in Phoenix called Mr. Lucky's. It's probably all you need to know about that. Jerry sets the table.
1: And we went to put test at Phoenix. And we went to this <laughs> bar, this rock and roll downstairs and country up top. They had live bull riding. They was all out there talking. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that. I said, okay, all right. And we ran. I got all the gear. When we come back, I said, okay. How much is it? I went and found out.
0: The mere mention of Rambo's bull riding adventure was all it took to get the ball rolling. Chris then
2: added his two cents worth to the conversation. Let's back back up because first time he shows up at Roush Racing, he's got this great big gold buckle buckle on that says "I'm Bull Riding Champion of Havelock County" or something. I said, "Okay, (laughs)
1: okay, we test Phoenix." You know.
2: Meanwhile, you fast forward a few years, and this guy don't ride bull. How many how many cowboys you see from Ohio? You know. Finally,
0: Rambo got a chance to jump in and at least begin to explain himself. When I went to the Marine Corps. We got up, I got up with a bunch of guys from Texas and we used to go to Princeton, North Carolina, and they do, they call it jackpot bull riding. Well, I was a Marine. I was 10 foot tall and bulletproof. I can do that. So that's you what got, we started you get a different doing. tape
1: measure. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we started doing. So we started
0: riding and, and we started riding and, and I felt like I was okay at it. I mean, I'm, I mean, I did win the buckle. You got a
1: film? I mean, I did. I got to see this because what gotta, I saw, you didn't ride nothing. <laughs>
0: Jerry was all over this story, relishing the moment and the chance to give Rambo a hard time.
1: We got our money together at the shop. I said, We go back out there for the race. It's on. And he changed tires on Wally's car in the front. After I got rid of This over. is where I got in trouble after this. So we put all our money together and we go back for the race and we're going out there. You riding, Yep, bring your stuff. All right. When he gets on the bull. We're all there watching. It was time for
0: Rambo to put up or shut up. Chris, to his everlasting credit,
2: had a rational thought. Let's just say it was short-lived. So we go out there Thursday night. Well, lo and behold, they got pros on Thursday night and Friday night. Yeah. Amateur night is Saturday night. Uh, it's like, yeah. man, we won't have time to replace him on the pit crew. <laughs> but guess what? We're going to do it anyway. It was too late to turn
0: back now. Rambo got settled on the bull, adrenaline pumping, and heart, no doubt about to be out of his chest. At this point... Jerry has the play-by-play.
1: And the gate blew open, and he went straight up. <laughs> I ain't lying. Straight up, <laughs> the bull came he out went right and left.
0: The following day, team owner Jack Roush was not pleased with the escapades of his employees.
1: The next day. At time to go to the racetrack, Jack comes to me and goes, what happened to him? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, he you were so stiff, He couldn't even hardly move to change tires.
0: Photographic evidence does exist of the episode, and Rambo chooses to use that photo as proof of his skills on the back of a 1,200-pound bucking bull. Chris and Jerry, however, took one last chance to aggravate their friend before giving him their respect. I can dispute with the picture because I was out of the shoot, and I was past the shoot, and I was still on the bull.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> Trick photography.
1: <laughs> it must have been an angle. That right? was way back. No, that was way, way before Photoshop. Way but before it. I'm getting
2: even spelled. You no, know, I laughed. I, I, I probably made a little fun of him, and about 24 hours later, I was like.
1: I felt sorry for his pain.
2: Let me tell you something. He did something I'd never do. That's right. So I stopped laughing and I stopped. Somebody asked on. me one time, said, uh,
1: "What do you think the most dangerous sport is?" And they're like, "Ice hockey." This said, I said, "Bull riding." They said, "Why?" I said, "That thing will come back and get you."
0: Chapter two, Buddy Parrott, the Streaker. Buddy Parrott worked with a young Dale Earnhardt in the earliest days of the driver's Winston Cup career.
2: Standing by in Victory Lane right now is the youngster from Kannapolis, North Carolina, who has amazed everyone here, the winner of that remarkable automobile race,
0: Dale Earnhardt. Early in his career, Buddy also worked with Harry Hyde on the famed K&K Insurance team. Harry won the championship with his potent red number 71, the K&K Insurance Factory Dodge. It was Harry who helped nudge him into the most awkward moment of his career and Buddy Parrott is not the sort to embarrass easily. After all, he was the sort who once dove off the roof of a hotel into its swimming pool, not once, but twice. This time, Buddy had an accomplice.
2: Raymond Fox and I Mm. decided that we were gonna streak. Remember back in the day when streaking was uh, all, well, Raymond and I go up to the Goodyear building and uh, next door and uh, we get all our clothes off and everything and so we come running out of there and, and running through the gate because we Harry always locked the gate of course we we unlocked the gate we were running through the gate we ran through the break through Harry right in front of Harry and all the crew guys and everything naked as a jaybird and back out and ran to get go get our clothes
0: Here's the rest of the story. Hyde was a fixture at the Apollo Restaurant just across the road from the K and shop, and he had ever so helpfully let everybody in the place know that a show was about to be unveiled,
2: literally. When we looked across the street, all the girls and everybody that was in the restaurant, Harry had called and told them to come out <laughs> that we were going there was going to be some strikers. So that was my, that was I never did that again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Chapter three, Jerry Kinnan, the brawler. Jerry joined Sam Ards Thomas Brothers Country Ham team midway through the 1982 season and served as not only the team's crew chief but also as its truck driver when need be. The team won the championship in what is now the nascar xfinity series in 1983 and the following february jerry was pulling ard's Holler into the garage or he was trying to when a security guard intervened
1: i was coming around by the old scoreboard with that truck and a security guard so he hops up on the running board and said you can't go through that gate and grab me First he run in front of the truck and it's vacuum assisted brakes and you know when you mash the brake it roll about a foot. Well I bumped him, just I mean I knocked him down, just barely touched him.
0: For some reason, the security guard took exception to getting nudged by the truck with Jerry behind the wheel. Imagine that. Fired up, the security guard tried to confront Jerry. It didn't work. At least not the way he might have hoped.
1: He ran around, jumped on a running board, called me a name. He swears he didn't, but he did. Which I learned, this is when I learned about NASCAR a lot. So when he said that, I hit him between eyes (laughs) with my fist fist and knocked him out on the ground. It was at that
0: point when things really did get spun out and half turned over. If Jerry had administered what he considered to be a little frontier justice, the law was about to have its say. And at Daytona International Speedway, NASCAR is the law.
1: When I got around to where I was going to park, the army was over there. <laughs> well, they, chain, they handcuffed me to the chain link fence between the <laughs> bush garage and the cup garage. You know, you just come through your inspection. I was right there on that gate, hung up, I mean, hung up, and they flipped the cover up on it and said, that car ain't running, da-da-da-da.
0: NASCAR officials Buster Alton and Bobby Scruggs freed Jerry from his predicament, but he soon discovered that they hadn't exactly done him any favors, not by a long shot. They put Jerry in the back of Scruggs' car and left the track. First, they got the car washed. Then, they went by and picked up some dry clean. And then, then they headed to an office building just across the street from the racetrack. It was NASCAR's office building, and they headed straight for Bill French Jr.'s office.
1: And then we pull around front and go in the office out front. I'm like, ooh. Bill France, I went in there and sat down, and that guy, hit was in there, rag on his head. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, he's sitting there, and I'm sitting there, and Mr. France comes in there, and he he, he goes, I don't care what he said. He goes, I said, he jumped grabbed me and called me, and that guy said, no, I didn't. And I said, yeah, you did. He goes, no, he didn't. I said, yes, he did, Mr. France. He goes, no, he didn't. I said, okay, no, he didn't. (laughs) You're right.
0: Even though Jerry was fined, his story does have a happy ending.
1: Believe it or not, I made a friend that guy until he passed away, and his son was worked there too. You couldn't meet finer people after that, yeah. you know. And he finally admitted it later. He goes, "Man, I did the wrong thing." I said, "Yeah, I know." I said, it "Didn't cost you nothing but a black eye, yeah. you know." But and it, it was, but I knew then that was like, I was, if I was right, I was still wrong. But that was kind of embarrassing, winning championship, and everybody worked in the garage, and I'm over there chain-linked and <laughs> handcuffed to the darn fence.
0: After getting the lowdown on Rambo, Buddy, and Jerry, Jerry asked me about my most embarrassing moment. Let's just say that it had to do with a 10K race and a pair of compression shorts that refused to stay in place. And let's leave it at that. I'll be back soon with another glorious white knuckle God fearing spun out and half turned over racing story. Go listen and follow the glorious white knuckle God fearing spun out and half turned over racing stories podcast. Now available on dirtymo media.com and all major podcast platforms. Glorious racing stories is a production of Dirty Mo media. Hosted by me, Rick Houston. This show is produced by Andrew Curland. Executive Producers Mike Davis and Jason Schultz. Artwork is by Sean Sin. Special thanks to Leah Vaughn. Broadcast audio is credited to MRN, NBC, and CBS. This
2: is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Check out Dirty Mo Media. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mode. Dirty Mode.